Hello, you two. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Um, Hi. Why don't we do some very quick intros, even though you've both been on before. We'll start with you, Youngie. Oh, okay. Hi, my name is Youngie. Uh, sometimes you can see me credited as Y Chang. I do voices, scripts, and songs. Uh, stuff like Record of Ragnarok on Netflix or Akudama Drive on Funimation. Um, I also write dank jams with people like Interlunium and Lily Pichu, who is a friend of the pod. Awesome. And Suha. I'm Suha Alson Carey. You can find me on Twitter at Susu Rocket or a few different places, I guess, um, with studios. But I am a game dev and a lawyer. Uh, and I just, I do, I write, I direct, and I do voice acting uh, direction for games as well. And now, I don't know if I've ever brought this up with you guys, but uh, it's relevant here. Uh, there have been times where I've known a person for a very long time, and I never knew how to pronounce their last name. And this was definitely one of the, I, Alsim Carey. Alsim oh, really? Carey. Yeah, I thought it was Alsim Kari for some reason. Oh, well, here's the thing. It's, in Arabic, it's Alsim Kari. So, like, mm, you know... Okay. I hear both of them and have zero issue because it's obviously it's just in English. But so. I definitely still want to know how you say it. So awesome, Carrie. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are people I've known for like, I've known, I'll know them for like five years. And then it's like, oh, that's how you say your last name. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> the thing is, you know, last names very rarely come up in social. It's not like, hey, yeah. I'm someone Cho. Nice yeah. to meet you. I'm I'm someone Cho. Uh, no, just say, <laughs> hey, I'm someone, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um. Yeah, now that I know your last name, uh, we can move on. Uh, so, uh, before we dive into uh, anything else, uh, I we asked Twitter for some uh, suggestions for topics, and um, Youngie, you said you had one at least. Um, yeah, there was one from our friend Rick who told us, mm. who asked us to describe the perfect beef, each of us, mm. and to be detailed. Okay, okay. Uh, Suha, you want to go first? Oh gosh, sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> obviously, and I, I've talked about this actually multiple times now um, <clears throat> at PAX for talks. So like, this is part of my my personal professional brand at this point. But mm. uh, obviously, large, and you would think like dub, but I mean like gigantic, like <laughs> terrifying. You know, <laughs> like like six five plus. You know. Like I have a character in my um, unannounced project I'm making that's like seven five. Like I'm just going. You're just going uh, for it, yeah. Yeah. Well, but because when you're the boss, nobody can tell you no, uh, which is exactly. good and bad. <laughs> ass but, out, so, just ass out. Uh, very, very large, but then also um, preferably like rich and stable. You know, um, there's like a a job where you can kind of see yourself fitting into that life. Uh, bonus points if they cook and clean or will pay somebody to do that for you um and then they can be they could be grumpy a la endeavor or they could be you know very sweet like to do but they have to be nice to you that's the that's mm. the the requirements now i don't think to do is particularly rich he's not but like i said on my episode with max um he could easily ask dimitri for like a lordship or something or you know a dukedom i don't know what the so he's gotta be like. he's gotta be beef with connections yes <laughs> <laughs> or God. beef with potential, uh, because <laughs> what good is beef, you know, when you're, um, you know, living in a cardboard box together? You know, I appreciate your very pragmatic, realistic approach to <laughs> to beef. It's like, they got to be hot and big, but they got to be able to support me. If uh, you want I the mean... fantasy to be complete, you have to be able to 
picture at all. You know, if you want it, if you want your fantasy to really have legs. And, and apparently your fantasy involves like paying like your taxes and like, <laughs> mortgage. I'm very like, practical. Like usually I think in most fantasies it's like, yeah, no, everything else is like good. I just fuck them. Right. But no, no, no. It's like, no, but can he afford like what tax bracket are we? Can he send for? our children to an Ivy League school? You know, like, oh my gosh. Listen, I'm just I'm just saying if you if you want to be with someone for a night, that's great. But if you marry them. You know, they're, they're or or have a long term committed relationship, whatever. They're there all the time, and you know, you get those kids, those child support checks start coming in. If you're not together, like you're set. You know, that's fair, Youngie. You're up. Well, see, I thought the question was referring to uh, like food. food. I would never that's what be I thought sexist too, but, and you know, objectify but, men like. Oh, that. I should have known. That's why you got excited. I was like, <laughs> I'm so glad someone is like really interested in talking about this <laughs> no but i think we're gonna have to do this first and then we'll go back to the actual topic so youngie describe your uh uh sex beef first okay <laughs> i was gonna say some of the descriptors might apply to both types um mm. hmm well i do medium rare <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say melt in your mouth but uh, <laughs> uh my acumen for beef well i feel like first and foremost it has to be uh two-dimensional because i feel like beef in real life is never as good as you want it to be um mm. it only works in fantasy too chewy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too chewy um no i will say the one thing that comes to mind is muscles you know nice to look at but i think in practice not really the best uh i used to work in logistics and inventory for a big technology company for six years and mm -hmm. you know i was in the back with all these beefy like men and i have to say like some of the ones who are in the gym all the time like you try to hug them and it's like hugging a brick wall it's not very nice <laughs> to be honest but you you hug the ones who have you know brawn but maybe a little like cushion around the belly like that there's got to be hugability yeah it hugability. feels like yeah, yeah. it feels like you're at home when you hug those those dudes so that's okay. that's what i like yeah. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say, too, is, like, in practice, men who are really cut like that, I feel like you can't have fun with them because they're always in the gym. Or, for me, food is a very big part of my, like, love language. And right. it's no fun to be with a guy who can't eat because it doesn't fit within his macros or whatever. So, sure. Someone yeah, that's who's, fair. Yeah, someone who's open to eat anything. Yeah. Is there a particular like. character that is, like, our, like pure youngy beef oh man um there's so many a classic is chris redfield um oh, <laughs> okay. did you see him in the most recent one of yeah they made some improvements they took some notes yes. from the fans because he was not very good looking in seven he was <laughs> she was giving a little Are we talking about like, eight yes or village is that village eight? is eight yeah yeah yeah, I never noticed him before that point, but he appeared in the game, and I was like, whoa! Yeah, in Hello, 7, Chris. he was given, like, Midwest church dad with no lips. Like, it wasn't great. <laughs> Are we talking about this in this big black coat? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. It's a little better. It yeah. was an improvement. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Are we... I mean, like, just, just this giant, like... I don't know. The haircut is really throwing me off. Mm -hmm. Can you post a picture? Because yeah, post I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to make uh, sure we're all talking about the right person. This Chris? 
Yeah. Yeah. I just the haircut. I don't like the haircut. I was like, expecting you to post a picture of Nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he, like he kind of looks like Nemesis. Like he's just so big. Like I like the bod, but the hair. It, it, it's like it's like they like copy pasted like a like a ugly man's head on that's, two of his Listen, well, he's, this he's, is good military man hair. Yeah, he doesn't exactly. have time for his hair because he's busy being gruff and and strong. Yeah. and killing things. Is his hair made of sweat? <laughs> like uh, that's what it looks like to me. Well, if it okay. helps you, my platonic ideal of Chris Redfield is actually him, circa Resident Evil Five. Mm, okay, so you you like you want that Chris with this bod? Well, no, I'll take that Chris over any Chris. Oh, so five is like prime. Five specimen. is prime. This one and eight is still good because it's older Chris with the grizzled experience, and he's more jaded. And I don't he's know. Kind of small here in five. This- not his arms, at least not in the fan <laughs> art that I've seen. <laughs> I'm posting this picture, but I don't know. It's, I mean, he's up, his arms are they're pretty beefy. They're pretty beefy. Yeah. yeah. Well, like they I said, sinew. We're, we're operating on different different standards here. Like I said, okay, okay. large or you know, large with an O, like yeah. just mm. impractically large. Okay. Okay. Uh, so before we get to the real topic at hand, uh, my, my beef, I tend to, I tend to go for like the stoic, but kind yes, trope. Yes. I like that. It's a good one. Um, so like, fuck your endeavors. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Take that shit out of here. Take that, throw in the trash. The do is a very good mm-hmm. example. Or, um, <sighs> trying to think of another one offhand. Um, I don't know, just the, the gentle giant. That tends to be. Asuma you know, Sensei from Naruto. He's like. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. You gave Raphael a B in your um, Fire Emblem video or ranking. Uh, wow. Yeah, B's, B's not bad. Uh, Raphael, I so I, I will say I don't go as much for, like, the dumb archetype, you know? I see. Like, that's not my thing. Like, I understand people really love the himbo. I like the cultured giant mm. the you know the do is not dumb by any means he's very you know well spoken and like intelligent that's you know i want to be able to have like a good conversation uh after the fucking right mm. not just like <laughs> i like food all the time right. like you know i get it the do would make uh, you breakfast in bed and mm. it would be like really fancy like it'd be delicious spread. Yeah, and then you could talk to him about you know like anything. Whereas Raphael's like, ha, 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 I like meat. It's like okay, I get it, <laughs> right? You know, sure I like meat too. Hungry. I like meat too, but uh, so you yeah. like primbos? Primbo? I love oh, that. is that a thing? Is that, I, is that we're a making term? it a thing. I love that. Yeah, primbos. <laughs> yeah, the absolutely. primbos and grumbos and and himbos, I guess, are the spectrum. Yeah, I can get into grumbos too because grumbos kind of like fall into like. They can be into like a sundere sort of thing, yeah. Right? Uh, and you know, you know, going to you know my favorite sort of lady is the sundere, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's a direct sort of one to one, right? Like you're, let's a grumbo would be like, um, kind of like a Bowser, mm-hmm. right? A you man know, that like you can break sort of... down. I like yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's where my tastes lie. But let's get to the real topic at hand. Uh, <laughs> Beef, actual beef. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suha. Uh, I, it's hard to know exactly which. Like, I like it rare-ish, but 
you know, I feel like when you order at restaurants, they almost never do like it's always under or over. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like I want to say medium rare because medium now has become a little bit dry uh, for me. Like mm-hmm. my 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 tastes have slowly changed just from cooking at home um, and sort of accidentally making it rarer at first than I meant to, and then sort of just uh, appreciating it more and more over time. But so I I think medium rare, but you know, it's I, I like it sort of red. Ready pink, not bloody, certainly not cold, but I hope that's How about a... the fat on that beef? I like lean meat. Unless oh. it's like marbled, like fancy marbled, like Kobe, you know, uh, type beef, but I the name of it, what, what's it called for real? Like Wagyu? Co- Wagyu? Wagyu, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, not, it's not Kobe beef. It's the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like that. So you like your, you like your beef like you like your beef like the top of the the cream of the crop like the top percent like it's either gotta be wagyu you can pay you can pay for my house uh or nothing yes i I love filet mignon and wagyu so so my oh you love filet mignon Mm, filet mm, listen mm. listen listen okay it's it's good I eat do you other also kinds. like do you also like baby food because it's easy to eat? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. But yeah. uh, listen, sometimes a busy woman like me doesn't want to yeah. spend time wrestling with the fat, and you can just order a cut that is just ready for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. I yeah. forgot that lazy bums like us with no th- nothing just <laughs> love to spend our time chewing on fat. Oh, I forgot. Um, you know, perhaps if you were a girl boss like me, you you know you, you'd find yourself in. But but it's it's just different. We're living in different worlds. Uh, so again, uh, too much flavor. Got it. I see. Too much. There's just oh, too much no. flavor. Ooh, it, it, I said it. Oh, uh oh, it's it's out there. Tannin. Uh, so for those of you listening, if you're unaware, there's been a long running bit. It's not even really a bit because it's true. Of um, us teasing us teasing Suha for not appreciating flavor, because uh, it was like there was the there was the you know fat on meat, which listen, fat is delicious and is where the flavor you know where a lot of the you know it's flavor it's flavor fat is flavor. What was another thing? I'm trying it was to it started from the goldfish. That's right. You love goldfish crackers more than I. I, I enjoy goldfish crackers more than Cheez-Its because, oh. not because of flavor, because, I, look, you can eat more of them, you know, if you want to, if you're worried about things like calories. If you're not, that's totally fine. But I happen to enjoy a goldfish from time to time, and somehow this became a thing about flavor. And frankly, I come from a culture of seasoning. So this is really just offensive. This is not extra me, surprising to, to me. Yeah. <laughs> my, my entire people, really. So, you know. Uh, I, I think you should Young-y. take this opportunity to apologize. Cheez-Its or goldfish? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Cheez-Its or goldfish, Youngie? I mean both. We're Americans, so we can maximize. No, pick one. Which one's which one has more flavor then? Well, it depends because both what? snacks have so oh. much variety. <laughs> flavor blasted goldfish have a lot of flavor, but ultimately not as much as Cheez-Its, and so Cheez-Its are have flavor to their core. Right. They're they're baked. It's baked in. Yes. Sure. You can you can season a you know cardboard as much as you want <laughs> but at the end of the day what are you eating you're eating cardboard right, right. you're eating flavor blasted sour cream and onion cardboard but it's still cardboard mm-hmm. um so you know there was that i think there's it's just been oh what was it 
was it sea urchin? Was that another one? There was something. Oh like... yeah, yeah. But but listen, I had sea urchin in Dayton, Ohio. So like, <laughs> you have to give me that. One. <laughs> I have I have committed to trying it again under um, Dave Scrotum Nose's uh, tutelage. So, you know, hopefully it'll be I fine then. I feel like you're. It's gonna. I don't know if that'll change your mind. Like. For some people, they just really don't like it. Like, you know, you're a sea urchin guy, right? I do. I do like it. But See, for some people, it's a texture urchin. issue, too. It was the texture back then. Like, I don't feel like I even really got to try the flavor because I just vividly remember it disintegrated my mouth in this horrible way that I wasn't prepared for. And then after that, it was like, okay, well. Disintegrated in your me. mouth? Did they give you, like, cotton candy? It uh, just fell apart eating? in this really odd way. Like, I, I don't know, man. Interesting. And again, some people have very legitimate reasons for not liking texture, but for most people, whenever I hear a texture, I'm just like, oh boy, baby on board. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't I actually love varied texture, so I don't think that it's, uh, I, I'm certainly, I don't think I'm one of those people, but just that one in particular, and it could not have been a texture, that could just be what my brain focused on at the time, but like, mm-hmm. that's really what I remember, and it was probably like 10 years ago by now. I think it was. How really are you with hard. like raw oysters? I've never had one. Oh. It does make me I, a little nervous. I won't lie. But I, I, I don't know them. if you would like them. Yeah. Actually, if you don't <laughs> like, like any taste, they look a little slimy. But if it was like a nice, you know, if somebody told me this is the best a raw oyster can be prepared, I would try it. It's just if you try stuff like that and it's like half-ass or shitty, it just ruins the whole. Like I hated shrimp most of my life until I had it cooked properly. And then I, and mind you, that was a long time ago now. I think it was high school. But uh, mm-hmm. after that, I could enjoy a rubbery, shitty shrimp because I knew, it was, you know, it's not always supposed to be like this. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and I agree. Like, you know, having sea urchin in Ohio, I'm sure it's not the best. Like, <laughs> you know, when I, when, even when I had the sea urchin out here, I was like, wow. No, there's a very distinct difference in quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, something, something I read actually – I think it was today or yesterday, like, I was reading a Serious Eats thing, and um, I want to, let me just double check who I want to attribute the quote correctly, um, but it was something along the lines of, basically, um, I, this chef, I think he was a ramen chef, he, every year, will go out of his way to try something that he knows he doesn't like, and try to understand why people like it and try to get the appreciation ivan orkin uh every every year he sets out to try one thing he really can't stand and then try and usually comes around to the appeal of it like for example like um what's something that i i like didn't like at first i mean yeah sea urchin even my first experience with sea urchin was not great i was like oh i don't think i need to try this again but (laughs) when i had it the second time it was much better, and I was like, "Ah, I get it, I get it." It's you know, so, some some things like take take like a couple, maybe a couple tries. Yeah. Um, or or there'll be a thing where I at first think, "Oh, this is I don't like this," but then you get this almost weird sort of craving to try it again. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think like raw oysters might have been that for me the first time. Like, I liked it mm. fine, but I wasn't like hooked. But then the second time, I was like. And I think again, it might have had to do with you know better quality oysters. Now I'm I, I'm like I'll always go for oysters. I fucking love oysters. Um, that or Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box I hated the first time, <laughs> and now on the opposite spectrum end of the spectrum, I will crave Jack in the Box even though it's 
garbage. Uh, it's um, it's just part of, you know, there's something about it. I would rather have something that stands out and is kind of gross but kind of uh, enticing than yeah. just a completely forgettable, like, yeah, I, I don't even remember what that is sort of experience. Um, but, okay, okay, so that's your beef. Yogi, <laughs> your perfect beef. My perfect beef. Um, I am not picky, and my moods sometimes change with the season. But I, you know, I like a few different types. I like tartare. Okay. I like yeah. something fresh and raw and flavorful. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I love me some prime beef, like a type that you get uh, at Costco. Um, and I mm-hmm. like that medium rare. Uh, it also maybe depends on the breed of cattle, too. Sometimes you might have a really nice piece of beef um, from a cow that's not indigenous to the States. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I might want that black and blue, which is where you sear it really, really quick. It's like even more raw than rare. Um, mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. can be nice. But, you know, I remember back in May, I got to try some of our friend Dave's like steak. He made a steak oh. rice bowl. And for that, oh, he just it's used... so good. It's so good. And he, I thought he was going to go all out and use something a little more marbled. He just used USDA Choice. That's a bit leaner, yeah. and it was so flavorful and, and like prepared in such a way that it really hit the spot. So, I would say, yeah, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It just has to be prepared with care and love. Yeah. Got it. Thanks for your non-answer. You're welcome. Uh, my <laughs> answer is going to be uh, no. <laughs> uh, medium rare ribeye steak. Oh, uh, ribeye. That is. That's like the ideal steak. Uh, if we're going outside of that, like I, I just absolutely love um, oxtail. Uh, just mm. yeah. Uh, uh, have you ever had oxtail, Sua? No, and I, I honestly don't know if I would like it because the descriptions I've read of it. So my fear is always: is it like too fatty? Like I love lamb, and lamb is like mega fatty. But mm-hmm. if you obviously, if you like sit there and separate it out, like the meat is just perfect and beautiful because of all that fat. But people have talked about oxtail and described it as like gelatinous sometimes. And so that makes me think like, is it just so sort of all through it that you can't really, you can't like kind of get the meat and leave the fat? Like, no, I'd like to try it. You can't, I, so the nice thing about oxtail, like any cut of beef, is that you can prepare it to your likeness. So it can be gelatinous if you are, you know, stewing it for a long time so that it's completely tender but then sometimes people will cook it a little less so it's really up to you um yeah. it, well, just imagine like ex- great. extremely tender i mean i love both like i love a gelatinous like korean you know mm-hmm. oxtail stew i think it's one of my favorite foods of all time but i also do love like not that long ago i had a um, uh, an oxtail oh what's the name of the pasta um, i always mix up all the pastas like a I don't know, some kind of tagliatella ragu. Yeah. Tagliatella ragu. You know, but, um, but it was delicious. Like, it was just, you know, some of the most tender, melt in your mouth sort of beef. Um, you know, so I would say, I mean, if you don't like fat, maybe don't go for the more gelatinous versions, but, um, if you, do like really tender meat it is quite 
quite good. And yeah. I mean, how do you feel about, have you ever had bone marrow? Yes, but not fancy bone marrow. So I'd really like to try it. Like when I was a kid, my mom would uh, pressure cook like a whole chicken. And then sometimes she would break the bones open because they'd get really soft and we'd suck the marrow out. And, and that was fine. But I feel like, oh man, you know, these fancy, like you have the bone shaved in half or whatever, and it's roasted or whatever they do to it. Like, I feel like it must be really even nicer. So I'd love to try that. I don't think it. I don't think you actually need the fanciness of it to enjoy it. Like I, I but um, yeah, oxtail is a pretty what what bone marrow or oxtail. I was gonna say both can be pretty humble cuts. Um, yeah. In fact, I I I would think a lot of restaurants fuck it up right. in that they overdo it and like Ooh. try to add too much shit. And it's like, dude, I just want the fucking marrow, like new <laughs> marrow, maybe some nice bread or something, and that's it. Like. Don't overdo it. But what were you going to say, Youngie? I was going to say, oxtail, You can. it's really up to how you prepare it because it is a rich cut of meat, but you can trim off most of the fat. And also, since you're usually stewing it, um, it's in like a sort of like water application, uh, a lot of the fat renders off. So mm. it's. I would say it's really only a concern for people who don't like meat on the bone or who don't like cartilage or like any gristle because that's I the allure like of it. Again, but flavor. I, but I mean, mm. It's mm. not fucking flavor. I mean, like. Yes, I, it is. No, no, no. Look, okay. You can. I don't have a problem with it being, you know, nearby, but I don't want to eat it. I don't want my teeth fucking bouncing off of, you know, cartilage. And, you don't have and to shit. eat the ends then, because it's more like. I don't know. If you're thinking. If you think of like a barbell, like imagine a barbell, but like around the handle is like a bunch of meat you can sort of eat that and then like mm -hmm. the ends where the weights are that's where there's like joints and stuff and you could just ignore that but i don't mm. know i feel like the fun of oxtail is you can like slurp the soup out and of the bones mm. and get all the flavor so yeah some of us love food <laughs> <laughs> i do love food okay you and this false agenda of yours like yeah you, you're misleading these poor listeners i would I love, love you to prove me wrong this is this is just categorically untrue. I love flavor. I just love okay. some different flavors and textures than Sungwan and Youngie, and that's fine. You know, I'm but I love all textures <laughs> and all flavors. I, mean, I will not, say that... I do wish I was more like you guys. Like I'll watch food shows where people are like eating crazy shit, and I'm like, man, like I, I do wish I was that adventurous. And I, I'm, I try to be more open minded, but there's just some things that I, I'll have to work up to. I think you'd like it. If you like lamb, I don't think oxtail is a hard sell for you at all. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty easy. Yeah. I do want to try. Yeah. I guess, I guess what are some foods for you that are like, you're like, ooh, I'm a little, uh, I don't know about that. Oh, I think stuff with like organ meat, awful, that kind of thing. Um, mm, sure. And I've had some, like, I mean, I, I don't suppose you'd really consider beef tongue that, but like, no. like I've had sometimes stuff stuffed in intestines, but that's like sausage. I mean, so oh, it's I not. Lo I love beef tongue though. Oh, it's so good. I, I've enjoyed it, but I feel like if I think too hard about what it is, I start to get a little bit like, oh, uh, I don't know, but mm. it's usually things like that. But I've definitely had it a couple of different times. Arabs eat some of that stuff mm -hmm. uh, as mm -hmm. well. But it's usually things like that, I think, um, like chicken feet, things, you know, that might have, like, I feel like if it was completely rendered and processed, I would care a lot less. But stuff that's either in its in its form as it would have been when it died, or if the texture is sort of cartilage -y, you know, 
Like, I mm. think I've had soft shell crab one time in a sushi roll and it was good. But I asked Dave about it once. So I was like, wait, it's a whole crab? Like, with all the guts and stuff inside? And he was like, yeah, that's the best part. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so that completely, like, that kind of made me a little bit nervous. No. Mm, I see. Um, Look, I'm not a food I, baby, okay? I want to be clear. I like a lot of things. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, hooray! <laughs> like, congratulations. You like, you know, uh, cheese or whatever. Great, w- wonderful. Um, <laughs> I like how you said that this podcast was going to be about me answering for my crime, Suha, and, and oh, how the tables have turned. Oh, how we're, the We're going to get to you, okay? We're going to get to you. <laughs> Although I, I, I will say I was not prepared for this ambush. <laughs> Uh, you, you you brought on uh two two of the the foodiest people and you, you thought that uh there's no way you were gonna get ambushed. the foodiest and the ones leading the charge on this flavor hating lie you know you well. know if dave if dave was here it'd be triple threat right it'd be uh <laughs> it'd be triple the power the power but you guys would be uh, like the food appellate court at that point like just three of you yeah that, we should become that. That should be us. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pitch uh, it. And like we we put our friends on tribunal, like on like you know for food crimes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you like goldfish, huh? Okay. <laughs> uh, I would listen to that podcast um, if yeah. you'd have me as your Phoenix Wright. I have perfected because I am a real lawyer. I have perfected uh, sweating in front of a panel of judges before. So I... <laughs> <laughs> it's a role I'm I'm ready to, to play. Uh, Youngie, is there any food that you're squeamish about? Hmm, I wouldn't, not in particular, I'll, oh no, well, I was going to say durian, but I don't think I've really ever had it properly, I've only ever had it like, you know, defrosted from the Asian supermarket where it's probably been sitting in the deep freeze for a long time, but I'm very open What did it taste like to you? I mean, what's the descriptor? It's kind of like puddingy, like onion. <laughs> I mean, that is part of it. You know, there. Some people say it kind of smells like garbage. Um, I I didn't love it, but again, I didn't mm-hmm. have it fresh. And I know there's lots of varieties, and I've seen videos on YouTube of people eating the really, really good stuff in Southeast Asia. So. But isn't there also like is uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought it would, there was like a thing where for some people it just tastes a certain way no matter what, right? Like isn't it like a cilantro thing or am I? I think I hadn't heard that with durian. I I hadn't heard that with durian, but it wouldn't surprise me just because some people may not be able to, and I don't think all varieties of durian taste this way. But some people may not be able to reconcile the sweetness with the sort of allium quality that it has. You know, the sort of mm. oniony garlicness. Um, yeah, yeah. But. I would say no. I'm willing to try anything once. I think when I was a kid, uh, I really didn't like Goya or like bitter melon um, mm. just because it was too bitter for me. But as I've gotten older, I kind of I can I can I can fuck with it like it's good. Um, mm. Yeah. No, I'm pretty I'm not a picky eater by any means. I like everything. Yeah, I'm, I I also I, I've talked about it on the podcast, I think, but I used to be as a kid, like the pickiest kid imaginable. Um, but now, but now I'm the complete opposite, and um, durian is one I want to try. I've never had it. I've had like durian flavored things, but that doesn't count. I want to try the real, right. you know, the real deal, and see. And I will say one that I'm like very interested in trying, but I'll admit I'm a little, I'm a little like ooh, is a uh, balut, right? Have you had oh, it? Oh boy, no, I do want to try it. I feel like it would be very 
good actually. Yeah, but do, you, do you, but for you, young, do you have any reservations, or you're like, I don't care. I don't think the only reservation that I would have is the idea of like you know tasting the bone or whatever. But I think once mm-hmm. I tried it, I would I wouldn't have too much trouble because there's also with balut, um, there's different types you can get. Some that are more where the embryo this is sort of weird to describe but you can get you can get ones where the embryo is more developed and then ones where it's right. not as and then i heard some people they don't necessarily like the meat inside but they'll they like the broth around the egg when you crack it open um yeah so yeah. i've heard it's delicious but i yeah no, i hear it I would, tastes I would quite it. good yeah like dave you know says it's great like i i kind of want to do and these won't this won't be out for a while so maybe i've done it by now i don't know but like i want to do maybe like a video where i try durium maybe a video where i try balut mm-hmm. you know just ones where i different oh i'd love to see that oh i want and like maybe like have dave like be my guide right let's, yes. find, let's go let's go get some balut right <laughs> not approach it as like a no no like, no disgusting no. <laughs> no more like a hey I've, I've always wanted to try it show me where to get the good balut and let's you know let's try it yeah um you know, I, I think that could be fun. Um, like, there, I think they're, it's like, okay, there's another one I can think of where I'm like, oof, I don't know. And it doesn't even look that good to me. It's the, the maggot cheese. You oh, know, the no, I wouldn't. Cheese. Marzu, right? Yeah, I'm like, Uh-oh. that's, no, that's tough. That's real tough. Are they um, alive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if so. you're supposed to eat the maggots or just eat around them, though. That doesn't make it much better for me. <laughs> I also feel like that's something I don't know if people still really eat that stuff. I feel like that's an antiquated delicacy that just exists for the sake of it, but hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, I hear like, oh balut and durian is delicious. Does anyone really go like, oh dude, the maggot cheese? You gotta yeah. you gotta have it. What's that fermented shark called? Um Oh this like stingray or the shark? No, no, it's shark. It's like it's. I think it's like. No, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, hakarl. Sir, sir. What's it called? Hakarl. It's like cured shark. Oh it's like yeah. Ammonia. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Korean dish that's sim- similar, right? That's like stingray, like fermented skate. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know it offhand. I need to ask my oh, parents what the uh, Arab dishes of these are. Oh, hongohe. Uh, let's see. Made from skate. Yeah, I guess they both have a very... I've never had this, but they have a very ammonia-like odor. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I try it. I will try... Well, maybe not... Maggot cheese. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, apparently even the maggot cheese is like... I think the last time... And let me just... I don't want to be wrong on this. But was it like illegal or something? Oh, yeah. Because of... European Union food hygiene health regulations, the cheese has been outlawed. Right. So it's like you can only get it on the black market. And at that point, I'm like, I don't (laughs) care. I don't want to eat this that bad. It doesn't sound that good. No. And it's like illegal. No, thanks. You know, I'm I'm good on that front. But that's um, definitely something I would want, like very regulated (laughs) as far as like the hygiene and whatever of producing it so yeah instead of just like hey want some maggot cheese from my pocket like i'm good and i think (laughs) i'll pass on that um this 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 one this one went really food centric uh which i don't mind i love it very going on the food very um, controversial i feel like a lot of people are gonna get mad in the comments about food shaming and stuff (laughs) well i 
I don't care. That, have we? I think well, we shamed fine. you. What are we... I, I hope they'll get mad oh, about you shaming yeah. me, as they should, because I have never done anything wrong in my life. But, you know. <laughs> mm, I see. Uh, uh, now, we can go back to food, but is there, um, for either of you, a topic or question you want to bring up? Yeah. Um, What's so up? I, I was listening to Youngie's podcast with Sapphire. I forget what the number was. I feel like it's somewhere in the 20s. But um, Okay. But yeah, so I I would like Youngie to answer for his harsh and cruel disrespect of Mufasa's death. Oh, I knew it was um, going to be that. In that episode. <laughs> yeah, you knew Rem- because you knew you were Can wrong. you remind me on what the crime um, was here? Youngie laughed, and I believe he said, why did he fall like that? And also that Scar put his claws in his hand, and it was a... Well, this is—I don't think calling it a drag queen move is, is shitty, but but you were you were cackling and giggling, and you know, <laughs> I, I have cried every single time except for maybe I think once or twice in my life that I remember mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at that death, and yeah. it is a '90s kid. Only '90s kids will remember this, you know, um, institution. And for you, I, I just need you to to right now um, acknowledge how wrong um, and disrespectful you were. That's. Well, okay, first of all, I'm surprised that for a lawyer, you seem to have gotten the facts wrong. I wasn't the one who questioned why he fell like that. That was Sapphire, not me. (laughs) I... Um, How do you even ooh, remember that? First of- objection! <laughs> Listen, I told you I'm Phoenix, right? Okay, this is the, this you just is took the some damage on your on your Ace Attorney bar. You were present for it. You facilitated it, and because Sapphire is not here, you have to answer in her That's place. That's true. I mean, the, uh, most of everything else was true, though. I thought it was a very like drag queen esque moment where it's like Scar like sinks his nails in and then makes the other guy like. How... You can't tell me that like six year old Youngie thought that, okay? That is adult Youngie. I don't know. Six year old Youngie didn't have much respect for father or like authority figures, so maybe Ooh. that's where it comes from as well. Um, mm. So. Okay, let me ask you this. Six year old Youngie, what was a scene that like really got you crying? Uh. I don't know. It wasn't scenes. The first thing that comes to mind is I remember being five or six years old and like being like, there's a melody that is in my dreams, literally, that makes me feel this pang of sadness that I can't quite explain. And then I got older and realized it was the Perfect Strangers opening theme song. What is the Perfect Strangers opening theme? It's, It's the part of the chorus where it goes... Standing tall on the wings of our dreams, or something like that. But I'm gonna look this. You'll up. have to look it up. Okay. Uh, wow, I feel old. Um, but uh, it was that. And then other than that, like it was real life stuff. I think I feel like you mentioned this the other day, sung one, where like, or some, I, someone mentioned it, where um, I used to think about the realization of oh like one day my grandma's gonna die and oh yeah yeah and then that would that would drive me to tears and i'd be like you're going to die and they're like well not yet um <laughs> not, not yet <laughs> but um that sort of thing fiction oh no i can tell you my first battle with emotions and media it was I should not have been watching this when I was a kid, but it was watching. Mm-hmm. We had the VHS for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
Um, oh. which, yeah. Bob Hoskins, this like a... prime beef. Oh my god. Oh, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, are we talking about the shoe? No, we're talking about the very oh. end where all the cartoons come out and like start singing and everything becomes color. And I was like, Mom, how do I get there? And she's like, oh, What the no. fuck are you talking about? And I'm just like, How do I? Can we open the TV so I can go to there? And she's like, You you can't. And that broke me. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Yogi. That's so cute. So Mufasa Holy dying was shit. like, whatever. It's all fake. Whatever. Wow. <laughs> He's just a drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I know the reality. You can't trick me, <laughs> animation. That's so sad. Just Because they're like, never give up hope. And Yogi's like, oh, I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> is that why you became an actor? You just knew, like, someday I will get in there. I'll become part of the yeah, lie. That and probably just not getting enough attention as a kid. Mm. So. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> Suha, are there any others for you? For me, uh, Littlefoot's mom dying oh, in uh, wow, yeah. time. That's a big one for me. <laughs> it's more like, what did I not cry at? Like, and I've only gotten worse as I've gotten older. Like, I think the big one, I the first big one I remember is uh, The Lion King. But, like, I'll, I'll tell you the dumbest thing that I that comes to mind when I think of how easily I cry, uh, which is in Spider-Man 1, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a part where Spider-Man is, like, uh, being lured into a trap by the Green Goblin, I think, and the building's on fire. And this lady's like, my baby, rescue my baby. <laughs> and like, she's like crying. And I'm, it makes me cry every time because like I, people crying makes me uh, cry also, mm. like in real life and uh, on TV. But like mm. also recently I watched the 101 Dalmatians with my nephews. And like, since I had a kid, I used to cry uh, when kids are in danger or crying anyway. But like, since I had a kid, it's gotten so much worse. And the puppies are like, basically human children mm-hmm. complaining uh-huh. about how tired and hungry and cold they are and i'm gonna cry just thinking about it my sister and i were just <laughs> sitting there like oh the puppies they're so hungry <laughs> i i can identify with that there's an awful game oh this is spicy well we're going there there's an awful <laughs> game called detroit become human um, <laughs> I guess I'll never yes. work with that developer. Who cares? Um, there's an there, but there's one part. There, there are wonderful parts, and the performances are very good. I will say, but there's one part where you play like, uh, this female android, and you are in an abusive household where if you don't rescue the daughter, and like the father's chasing after you, if you don't rescue the daughter, you're all gonna get killed. I remember. Yeah being so anxious and like when we finally when i finally got the daughter out of there i just sobbed because it was so real (laughs) to like i mean Mm. if we're going there i grew up in an abusive household uh which is probably Mm -hmm. i have why i had no respect for father figures but like that was so real and it was just the idea of a younger person going through like something that i had gone through was just too much um sure so I, i definitely get that being protective of of children Adults, yeah. not so much. Whatever. And also, again, like Mufasa, fuck him. Um, again, he's a cartoon, so fuck him. Yeah. Uh, I I found I have found that over time, yeah, I have definitely I definitely cry way more easily over media, um, like substantially way more like easily. And I think part of it is just like I don't give a shit anymore, right? I think there was definitely like a part of me as a youth, like don't cry baby like it's just a movie <laughs> right uh now it's like i don't care i'm fucking <laughs> i'm a married man i don't i don't what what do i have to prove anymore um but then 
uh, and this is gonna sound so fucking hoity-toity, but like um, I think as uh, you know, I've gotten you know more entrenched in voice acting. Like I find myself like even if it's not even if it's something a little hokey, right? But if if an actor or a character is really feeling like an emotion, like I get into it. Yeah. Like I I really empathize, and it's like stuff where like. You know, maybe like ten years ago, I'd be like, "Really, you're crying at th- or not not crying, but even like tearing up, right?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, you're like, "Really, you're tearing up at this?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, but I I'm in it. Like I I oh. I, I I do feel and and then like um even as even as like simple as stuff like uh so we've been doing oh god well this won't be out for a while but we have done. Rampa playthroughs, right? Where mm-hmm. we do all the dialogue out loud, right? Mm-hmm. And there are parts in the game where, like, you know, I was, I, I get emotional, like, doing the dialogue because it's like a really, like, emotional scene. And, you know, what I'm doing at the time is just, you know, just dicking around with Jay, just, you know, like, you know, just doing a, it's supposed to be just kind of like silly, but, you know, we take the serious parts very seriously and do them, like, you know, and yeah, I get, I, I just get, really really into it and i love that uh and i I think that also you know obviously when i'm doing the actual job i do that but it it has sort of i guess expanded outward of that's maybe not changed but slightly like influenced even how i even experience other media is like i'm just more i think Mm. more empathetic more into it like Mm -hmm. whereas before i might have been more detached like it's just a movie, right? Yeah, like, it's a good, it's a good movie and it's a good performance. I'm not like, but I'm not actually like, but now I'm like, no, he, his kid really is gonna get taken away from him. <laughs> like, I, I feel it, I feel it. Right, but, because when you've been yeah. on the other side of the mic or camera, you know it takes a lot to deliver yeah. that authentically. I'm playing through Eye of the Somnium Files and fucking mm-hmm. like Karina Betger kills it as this 12-year-old character who's gone through this horrific trauma. And there are moments where mm. their performance, are, it just lands in such a realistic way that that I've, that you've never heard before, but at the same time is mm. so authentic. And I have a lot of respect for that. So Nice, nice. Because, you know, when the mic is rolling and you're just, you're tired or whatever, you're like, oh man, like how do I get it out of me, right? Sure, yeah. sure. Um, Youngie, did you have any topic or question you wanted to bring up? <laughs> uh, now that I've answered for my crimes, <laughs> uh, there was, there was, hmm, there, uh, there was, but I have. Is there another crime? Is there a Suha crime to also for her to answer? No, for I feel like I feel like Suha has no answered <laughs> for plenty of crimes. <laughs> there, gotcha. were, there was one that was in the thing. Cheese, I guess we sort of talked about. Someone wanted to know like what the best type of cheese for us was. But Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Not cheese. I have an answer. <laughs> favorite favorite cheese of all time is it's simple, but just classic Parmigiano Reggiano, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For me, just I don't I don't need anything else with it. Just grate it off. Not immigrate, but just just cut some pieces off. I love the you know the crystals in the cheese, the texture, mm-hmm. the flavor. You know, so it's just one of my deepest joys is just getting like a nice, like you know, cut of Parmesan Reggiano, just chopping off some pieces, just going to town. Um, yeah, 
That's that's my favorite cheese. There, are, I mean, I love all sorts of cheeses. Like, just recently had some very qual- good, you know, blue cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, uh, you know, you know, you gotta get your your triple cream breeze are great. You know, all 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 kinds of cheese. I I I deeply enjoy, but Parmigiano Reggiano is the king for yeah. me. How about you guys? Hmm. I was gonna say Parm can the real stuff can get very expensive, but it's always worth it. If anyone yes. who's listening sees one in their like local fancy cheese shop or at Costco, and they're like, mm, "Do I want to pay this?" Mu-? Yes, do it. It's worth it. <laughs> um, I would especially say... if you grew up like me eating it, like you know the fucking craft the green, green can. can. I have respect <laughs> like... for that stuff too, though. <clears throat> You know, it's it's like yeah, I respect it like I respect Doritos or something, right? <laughs> and that's not a joke. Like I love Doritos and yeah. fucking chips and stuff. No, but I it's totally not, understand. It's a, but very different ends, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I love a shelf stabilized cheese. Um, so I have three answers. One is I love a bougie triple cream brie on crackers yeah. or baguette toasted mm-hmm. baguette. Oh, the best. Um, add that's a little great. like honey, maybe some like thyme yeah. if you want to be super fancy. I love that. Um. I also love for making mac and cheese. I always have to have a bit of smoked gouda because mm. some people think it's a little overpowering, but I think it hits the right note that makes your mac and cheese a little different than anyone else's. And then nice. the last one, along the lines of that green craft stuff, I really love Velveeta. Um, oh, for making, that's a bold. Yeah, for making <laughs> queso, and people always sort of like you know turn their noses up at it, but it's great for queso. It really is good for adding a bit of it to pasta, mm-hmm. like mac and cheese, because that's what's going to give you that sort of creamy texture to your sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing but respect for it. And if Patty Little Labelle puts respect. it in her mac and cheese, then like it's good enough for you. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, this don't knock Velveeta or processed cheese or singles. Like mm-hmm. they have their place in the kitchen yes. for sure. Um, how about you, Sua? I've been hearing a lot of Velveeta slander recently because somebody was—I think there was some Twitter post about um, this is what Americans think cheese is or something like that—and so mm-hmm. people were like, eh, "Velveeta sucks," and it's like, well, you know, I don't want to eat it um, by the block, but it's—it's it's certainly got uh, uses, and I. Yeah. I, I it has that kind of childhood green can feel to me, so I, I still appreciate it. Uh, so I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear the the Velveeta respect. But I also have a couple different like if you told me choose one cheese to eat like generally or right now, a really really super sharp cheddar with like crystals in it, you know, mm-hmm. white or not. But usually I think I tend to go for the white ones. But I just I love that little crunch and the you know intense flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, <laughs> good for you. Listen, listen. But I also, I love soft cheeses. Like I love, um, I don't know if Havarti is, counts as a soft cheese, yeah, but I love does. Havarti. But yeah. I love goat cheeses. Like there's a goat cheese with honey that I like to buy from one of our markets here. I like mm. truffle cheese also, um, like black or white truffle sort mm. of in it. Uh, I just, I love so many cheeses, but I feel like the thing that I always come back to when I just want to eat cheese by itself or with crackers or bread is like a really good sharp cheddar. Mm, it's a solid choice. I love a good charcuterie with just all sorts of cheese, man. I, it's my shit. Now I, I was, we were before the cheese talk. Um, we were kind of going a little inside the actor's studio. I don't know if we want to go back to that because, uh, 
you know, we have a voiceover director here, and mm-hmm. we have two voice actors. It's like, and I will say, one of the only people I actually enjoy talking about the craft with is Youngie. Like, thank <laughs> you. Um, I think it's like you and like Lucian, like, are the two that I like. I'll actually talk about the craft with, and not just like, what are you in? What are you in? Like, I never, <laughs> right? I ne- I never want like indulge in that like i i find that so like people walking around with their dicks in their hands being like, Ooh, yeah, like, this Ooh, name, like name, it's like <laughs> um so yeah but actually talking about the craft is interesting to me so i mean if you had any like question for us or youngie or yeah. either of you yeah uh and i guess so i had a few about youngie because and he knows I always love hearing about his jobs, uh, like all the things that he's doing, because I don't really have any sort of window into that stuff. But since you're here as well, I, one of the questions I had was like, sort of what's your ideal project or what kind of show appeals to you writing wise? And then what makes your job easier or harder when we're talking about like anime scripts? So I feel like for you, Sungwon, maybe more generally talking about acting, like what kinds of things, you know, immediately draws you to a character or a script. So I was watching this clip of uh, Sandra Oh talking um, that Youngie had sent. And it was like, she was saying, you know, you read the script and it's like, oh, I understand what you're going for. Yes. That's me. I can give it to you. Like, I'd love to know what mm. what both of you have kind of, uh, that kind of criteria. Okay. Uh, Youngie, you want to go first? Sure. I would say in terms of writing, uh, my ideal projects have been ones that... Well, first of all, that the translation is very good and it's clearly written by someone who cares and is giving you enough. Because sometimes they'll give you like a three word translation and you have to fill like 30 seconds worth of empty lip flaps or it'll be the opposite. They'll give you like a huge paragraph and you maybe have two lip flaps and you're just like, come on, man. Um, But Mm. ultimately, my favorite projects writing wise are ones where there's director adapter feedback, which is very rare because the process Ooh. doesn't allow for it. But, you know, I think of Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which someone was in and was very good. Mm-hmm. And I adapted some scripts for the second season where, you know, we went off of the source material, like the original 80s OVAs. We looked at the original novels that that was based off of. We changed things. Um, or I think of projects like Hensky. Everyone took turns making jokes, and in a way, it was like the closest to a proper comedy writing room that I've ever been in in this context. Um, so things where everyone is like doing their part to make it good and to make it funny, mm. where people mm. recognize the importance of a script. Um, in terms of acting stuff, I would say dream projects are where you know, especially for someone like me who has hangups about voice print and stuff, ones where you can kind of get in the pocket of a character so you can like stretch your legs and do lots of stuff. But then the cherry on top of that is if there's some sort of representational element that is authentic that I can breathe life into, whether that be like, you know, diaspora stories as like an Asian American kid or like some sort of queer element where I can like, you know, stuff that that hasn't been seen before. Um, so yeah, anything that has like layers and nuance and is written well, uh, you know, like you were bringing up with that Sandro example, like anything that you look at on the page and you're like, yes, I understand this. I want to, I want to get in the booth and do this now. Mm. I think for me, um, so the question is what sort of characters or projects do I like get most excited about? Is that what you're saying? Kind of like 
I think do you do you have criteria in your mind that when you're reading a part or whatever that you're like, oh my god, this has to be me, you know, or do you even approach mm. it this way? Um I, I I would say that there are definitely parts that I've done where I was like very confident sending in the audition. Yeah, I know I can do this and I can do it extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh and I and I tend and those are ones that I get excited about because it's like, I don't know, I think when you, some of the best parts of, let's say, acting is when you you can feel that you and the director are on exactly the same page, right? Like, you you, you both know, yes, this is exactly what is, we need to be doing with this character. Um, like, uh, in a semi, actually a couple of recent, but there's one specific session I'm thinking about pretty recently. I can't say what it is, but like... Hashtag voice um, acting. Haha. Ha. Um... <laughs> It was for it was for a game, and uh, the character has uh, very like extensive dialogue, like a Ooh. lot of it, uh, like just like pretty much talking the entire time throughout the entire scene, like oh, like I'll say like pages and pages. But instead of doing it the way like um, how it's usually done, where it's like yeah, you just kind of like break it down into chunks. Uh, the director was like, no, we're going to do it kind of like more how it's done in prelay, where it's like, we're going to just do the scene. We'll go through the scene and then uh, once all the way through and then uh, if we need tweaks. But like I would go through, you know, because this was a character where I was like, I, 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 I know exactly how this character ticks. I know exactly how this character needs to sound. So I, I did, I would do like, you know, a whole, you know, very extensive scene and then she'd be like, "No, that was pretty. That was, <laughs> that was it, right?" And that feels very, you know, it feels very. It's like, yeah, okay, we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> like we were. And I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here. I'm really genuinely being like, no, like it was so satisfying to be like, yeah, we are on 100% the same wavelength of where this should be, and it's just working. You know, that's yeah. when I, because because also it, that's when I can kind of like really get into it more you know in, in instead of it being broken up and if i'm like no i can just i've said this before i think to young in also on the podcast but you know my when when i'm happiest in the booth or when i'm most enjoying myself is when i'm like losing myself in it mm-hmm. right of just like you know <clears throat> really immer the immersion factor is excuse me that's what i um enjoy and you know look for the most and not having to worry like oh is this exactly right like just going by instinct and letting that take you um so yeah any so so i would say to answer your question like on that so what lets me get to that place with is like strong like the, the writing has to be very strong and not just strong in like terms of quality but like in terms of voice like Mm -hmm. i i I can see even from like five lines of the character in the sides i'm like okay i can i already know what this character's personality is like i can already hear it in my mind of how i think it should sound Mm -hmm. um and i know and if i'm lucky i know i can do this uh and 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 i think i have the instincts for this like a very vivid sort of um uh voice to the character yeah. is what 
really draws me into certain roles. Um, Because, you know, some people, you know, uh, I guess some people focus more on like, oh, but I want more lines, right? (laughs) I want more, I want more. And I'm like, I don't necessarily care about that. What I care about is, was this a interesting experience? Like, like, I think I've maybe said this before on the podcast, but, like, if I had the choice between, like, a really juicy, amazing side character and the main character who is, like, you know, maybe ten times the lines, but to be frankly honest, is just kind of not that interesting, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't want the main character. I want, I want that side character. Uh, that, that, to me, is infinitely more fun more interesting i don't care about how long my sessions are and 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 that doesn't you know a lot of people book main characters that's that's great and that's i mean that's going to get you you know a lot of attention but that's never been what it's it's been about for me it's always been about what the experience itself is like and um i have found that 90 99 percent of the time there's always something valuable taken away from everything that i've done in the booth mm-hmm. um regardless of how big or small the the role is but yeah i love to hear that honestly as like a, a smaller creator especially because like a our sessions tend to be shorter <laughs> either for budget mm-hmm. or just because the game might be smaller but b like whenever people talk about um you know like i think young has said this before i think you've said it to me even the last time we were on the podcast but like you know, you, you always want to be a project that people sort of enjoy or are happy yeah. about, um, you know, taking part in. And so, like, for, for me, like, hearing that, like, sincerity or just sort of the character being interesting, like, those are really great things to hear that, like, yeah, actors enjoy that. Because, you know, I certainly, I cannot offer you AAA um, prestige. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. But um, uh, sincerity and, and caring and, uh, you know, sort of allowing the actor to get in there and, like... Um, kind of offer things that come to them or um, pieces of them is certainly something that we do do um you know and i i usually when we've been casting so far i feel like most of the actors either this is a role that they sort of understand or like the jobs that i've been doing recently (laughs) i and even we talked about this i know uh, last time but like uh i had been afraid like oh my god you know do the actors get in there and like I'm not giving them a ton of direction because they're kind of nailing it. Like we just released um, with Lunaris, the when the night comes revamp. And so, you know, you have like Gideon Emery and Jonah Scott and, um, and honestly, everybody who worked with us really just knew what they needed to do and did it. And it was great. But like, I was sitting there like, Oh my God, are they going to be like, man, what kind of amateur hour (laughs) shit is this? Like, you don't have any notes for me. You don't want to be like, no man, dig deeper, go back to your childhood. Like, I, I, I want to make you cry. So for me, hearing you be like, no, you know, if if I'm on the same page as you and we're both like, oh, that take was so good. Yeah, do another one. Oh, that was great. Like, then that's a, a good session. I know everybody is different. Some people maybe really do want like the prestige or the really meaty lines versus like the, you know, the side characters. But that's all like gold for me. Like, I love to hear that. Yeah, because ultimately, you know, I don't mind if a director doesn't have much to say to me as long as I know that they're paying attention and they care about yes. this as much as I do. Because I've had yeah. situations where even I do know what I'm doing but or the project is really interesting and big, 
but if I if I feel as an actor, if I feel for a second that you're not paying attention as a director, then I then that's when I, you know, start to get concerned. So, but mm. no, you don't have to compensate for that by like talking too much every time the beats beeps go off, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's great if you just let me do my thing. Yeah, I might have said this before too, but I think a, a sign for me of a inexperienced one or let's say difficult is over-directing. Mm-hmm. Over-directing can be, I'm like, sometimes it becomes contradictory directing of like, oh, you don't know what you want, yep. right? Like, yep. you are just, uh, sometimes I feel like it's just, uh, some people just feel like they need to justify their job. Mm-hmm. So they'll just be like, oh, um, especially if like another client is on the line or whatever who's like listening in. Maybe I get that impression yeah. sometimes that or they just really are like inexperienced and just don't know what they want and they just can't convey it like clearly enough. Like, um, yeah, it, it uh, acting is always this very interesting balancing act of like you, you step in with a director and if it's someone you never worked with before, it's like, OK, how does this director tick? Like, what is this going to be like? Is this going to be tough? Is this going to be, you know, like how clear are they you know how confident are they because i'd say almost like most directors i work with exude a level of confidence where i feel comfortable like yeah we're good Mm -hmm. like we we both know what we need and then every now and then you either get people who are a little green where you're like oh you need you need to direct some people more because (laughs) this is not (laughs) frankly speaking this is not how you should be directing like uh some people also are just maybe are like to they don't know how to say directions constructively. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've run into this youngie or they like <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're uh, rude. Yeah, sometimes they can be rude. It can for be sure. rudeness, or it can be and like, not intentionally right, yeah. or it can be misleading. Because you know, I I know from firsthand experience, a lot of directing is about making sure your actor is comfortable. Um, so yeah you have to know what you want and you have to know how to communicate it but yeah I mean overall though I think Youngie and I can both agree it's just you know well written interesting characters hell yeah you know Mm -hmm. that's that's the shit right there Mm -hmm. Um, and like you said like if you can put sort of part of yourself into it as well you know I uh, that's always you know the best if you can feel like yeah you really did put um there is there is a, a good honest chunk of youngie in that character you know mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day but yeah uh well we uh think we're about reaching the end of this one uh again thank you both of you for hopping on board again um Apologies, Suha, for uh, crucifying you uh, for your food taste. But... Actually, there is one thing I'd like to talk to you about before we go. Yes, um, what is it? Yeah, I'd like to exert some public pressure on you to do right by my Pokemon Rocket Grunt Suha. Um, ah, you know, I've been, I've been okay. getting reports that you, um, mm, okay. okay, you know, you're you're not portraying me um, as accurately as you could be. You know, by by which I mean. You know, you're casting me as attacking people and then sort of lying to them about it when what I have understood is that I have been attacked first. I, I think mm. that you should allow Rocket Grunt Suha to achieve her full potential, which is like, you know, she moves up in the organization. 
Maybe she dates and marries Giovanni. They're very rich and happy together. Wow. There's the rich. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So to give a little backstory on this, I run a Pokemon RP with a couple friends. Uh, and um, Su Suha here I put into the game as a Rocket Grunt NPC who I based her personality off the real Suha, uh, who in our trivia games we used to hold, Suha and Steve had a very... Uh, Steve, who has been on the podcast before, uh, Steve Yurko, had, had a very uh, intense uh, rivalry in that uh, Suha, I don't know if she realizes it or not, would, you know, attack other players first, and then other players would then retaliate, and she'd go, why are you attacking me? What? I didn't, I didn't do anything. And the thing is, you believe it. That's the thing, is you actually... You're 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 somehow gaslighting both of yourselves somehow. It's incredible. It's like a self gaslighting and gaslighting them of like, yeah, I I ne meanwhile everyone else is like, no, you definitely attacked first. Listen, there was yeah. one time and yeah. only one time that I can think of that I did choose to attack Steve first, but it's because I knew that he was gonna attack me because of this perceived, you know, vendetta, which I did not have. So and thus adding was... fuel to the flames. Got it. <laughs> so, uh, so the Suha in in my Pokemon RP started as Rocket Grunt Suha. Then I turned her into, or I think it was like Super Grunt. And then I was I made the joke that Suha was like, no, I'm not a Grunt. I'm a superb Runt fan. And I had, like <laughs> had you be a fan of the Runt candy, the fruit shaped candies. Oh, delicious. Uh, yeah, and now it's like sort of a recurring gag where. Anytime they encounter Team Rocket, you are always there and always claim, I'm not part of Team What are you talking about? And then you attack them first. Uh, and then I think the last time, the last time you appeared, uh, they, I think one of them actually managed to tie you to a chair and then you still use a smoke bomb and escaped. Still claiming you were innocent though. Um, I mean, to so. me, what I hear is those are the actions of an innocent person. So I'm not seeing the, the I feel like an there. innocent person doesn't carry on smoke bombs uh, and also doesn't assault people first. But, you know, I don't know. There's when you're constantly being attacked by Pokemon, Pokeball carrying maniacs, one mm. must prepare. You know, so a lady always goes out with a few smoke bombs in her purse. That's just common sense. I see. Meanwhile, Youngie, if I were to put you into the Pokemon RP, what role, what would be your ideal role? Yeah, it doesn't matter like, as long as I'm not using bland Pokemon and I'm, I'm only using flavorful ones. Got it. So. Yeah, oh that makes sense. <laughs> oh, well, on that note, uh, go ahead and let's uh, replug real quick. Uh, Youngie, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Youngie Chang. I'm also on Instagram under there, but I'm never there. So Twitter, come at me. All right. And Suha. Okay, please bear with me. <laughs> so my personal is at Susu Rocket, S-O-U-S-O-U-R-O-C-K-E-T. Um, I have a vampire visual novel I'm working on with First Bite Games, which is another studio that I uh, have founded with some friends. So it's at First Bite Games. Um, and then at Truant Pixel is my uh, sort of main studio that I do everything with um, at T-R-U-A-N-T-P-I-X-E-L. 
And then I'm also doing voiceover direction um, for Lunaris Games. It's L-U-N-A-R-I-S-G-A-M-E-S underscore. And then also, this is maybe by the time this comes out, it might be out, but I've been contributing a chapter to a book about sex and games that's supposed to come out in 2022 mm. because I'm a big romance gal. So, and I do talk about actually voice acting slash directing uh, through those scenes as well. So hopefully at some point, <laughs> I'll be able to talk about it in more detail, but I have been hashtag blessed this year. Come through. <laughs> Very cool. And Thank check you. out uh, Akash Path of the Five, right? Oh, yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah Akash Path of the Five, my visual novel um, that is like the reason that I met someone. So maybe hopefully by the time this uh, podcast episode comes out, I'll get to direct both of you in something. Ooh, <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah, well, hashtag voice acting. Hashtag voice acting. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you very much, guys. All Thanks, right. everybody. Thank you.